0: We are looking at the first seven verses of chapter 5 in the letter to the church in Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 7. The walk in love. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma but immorality and impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints and there must be no filthiness or silly talk of course jesting and are not fitting but rather giving of thanks for this you know with certainty that no immoral An impure person, or covetous man, or idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you are formerly in the darkness... But now you are light of the Lord and walk as children of the light. Father, we come now to ask you to teach us. Father, in uh, some amazing things that are said here, and yet we are coming through a section that, that grows us. Again, that walk, the walk of love, the walk of light the walk that is worthy. And yet, Father, we have come to understand in our study of Scripture, we can't do it. Can't do it. And yet, we are called to do it. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. But Father, in these weird times, I thank you mostly for the body of Christ, your church. We continue to Lift one another in prayer, continue to strengthen each other with our presence, Father, and uh, drink deeper and deeper the Word of God, so that we may understand more and more the mind of God. So when the Apostle Paul tells us to walk worthy, Father, we know what that means. We love you. Thank you, in Christ's name. Amen. Two weeks ago, I was dealing with this text, and in verse 1, it says, Be imitators of God. I shared with you that in the original language, this is a command. This is not an option. This is not a suggestion. And the word there is the word we get mimic from. Uh, We mimic God. We should do that. Now we're coming out of chapter 4. and Chapter 4 started in verse 1. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling with with which you have been called. And I, I think one of the things that we miss is we look at it and we come to the realization that, you know what, I can't do this. You're telling me to walk as God walks? And so immediately, our response is, here, let me compromise it, and I will get rid of my big sins. Uh, Some of the little ones, this is not that big a deal. Uh, I have some sins that are not visibly seen, and those aren't that big a deal. And so I try to compromise it. And the Apostle Paul says, no, no, you can't. Remember John writing to the church in Ephesus in chapter 3 of Revelations? He goes through and he lists all the stuff that they've done right. Amazing. I mean, if you go look at it, you test those who profess to be teachers. You have borne much fruit. You have done this, that, and the other. And amen, 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 amen. But what did he say? But you lost your first love. It has become this mechanical action. And in that mechanical action, you have lost the reason for the action. And when I look at this letter, the first three chapters tell me of who I am as a Christian. And then chapter 4 says, walk worthy of this. And and I shared with you last week, or two weeks ago, that... um, the first step to walking is to realize, first and foremost, you can't. The second part is God can. Okay? And so, what you have to do is drink deep of the Word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then you will be, as Revelation teaches us over and over, overcomers. Okay? In this section, what we're looking at, 1 to 7, is that uh, this is a walk of love. Right after be imitators, he says, walk in love. And we all smile at each other and say amen, right? But in this, you see, there is the plea, but you also see the pattern. Then you see the perversion, and then you see the punishment. So basically what you have in these seven verses are two positives and two negatives. All right? The imitators, those who imitate God, walk in love. And we all smile. God is love. And we all agree, amen, amen, amen. Okay? Then walk in it. This plea... Is for us to live a love life. Okay? And you know what? If you're really honest with the scriptures, all right, isn't it through the whole thing? I mean it's it's spoken of a lot in scriptures. Love. Love of Christ's love. Okay? And one of the things that uh I have learned both from my study of Scripture, but also from my walk with Scripture and my walk with the body of Christ. There are two things that happen in a church when we come together collectively. One is a preaching event, what we're doing right now, and one is a teaching event. Teaching event, what the ladies do uh, once a month, Sunday school classes tend to be teaching events. Uh, We have different times that are teaching events. Okay? When we do these things, okay, whether I'm teaching or someone else is teaching, did you realize that it is not designed to impart to you information to instruct you how to live? Did you know that? It's interesting. There's a secret to it. Preaching and teaching. I keep telling you what you've already heard before, but you forgot based on your behavior. Oh, not me, really? Why do I have this letter here to the church in Ephesus, and then I have the letter to the church in Ephesus in chapter 3 of Revelations? they forgot they were doing it but they forgot and let's be realistic if you forget your first love that's a big forget ok so it's repetitive if you go through I tell you what you want to see something amazing you can go do this on your own take the book of Ephesians read it through then run over to Colossians and see what it says it's identical it's identical It's even laid out the same. Well, why do we have to repeat it? Well, why do you keep forgetting? Listen, the Apostle Paul never apologized for repeating. Peter never apologizes for repeating. You know why? God never apologizes for repeating. Because we hear it and we know it intellectually. Intellectually. But if it isn't operating in our life, we had probably ought to better listen more. The more accountable we are to hearing it, and every time we hear it, we're more accountable than what we used to be. It's one of the things that I try to explain to people missing church is not a sin. But ask yourself a question what are you missing? I remember when I first started as pastor I would teach Sunday morning from whatever text I was in and then Sunday night I'd continue and uh, God convicted me that uh, people were going to miss 50% of the book and so I changed Sunday nights to something else and continued to follow through on Sunday mornings now that's a great plan from the preacher's perspective but if the people don't come there's nothing I can do about it be imitators of God is a command okay like I said it's not a suggestion okay and uh, and we started we looked at this two weeks ago we have to start from the point of our sinfulness. Please understand that. It's not other people's sinfulness. It is your sinfulness. You have to start there. And when you start from that fact, then you realize you can't do it. You can't do it. But yet, here's one of those weird things. It doesn't change the command. You know, you've heard, to uh, Be all that you can be. I think it's Marine Corps or the Army or something like that. As a Christian, be what you can't be because it will be God working through you. You can't do it. One, because of your sinfulness, and two, you will steal the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's where the Spirit of God, I touched on that this morning in Sunday school, the Spirit of God comes in. We have a helper, the Spirit of Truth. All right, Now, you may want to try it without Him. When you do, we'll know it. <laughs> because you become, how do I say this, irritable. And you share your irritability with everybody because you can't do it. So, he says, be imitators of God. It's an interesting concept. Now, one of the things that I do occasionally with books, especially if they start getting into complicated areas, I will take and literally write the book. Okay? I will take and longhand the book. Understand that these were, you ever heard the word epistle? That's a real fancy way of saying letters. Letters. Okay, I think I'm going to write my girlfriend an epistle. Okay, and she may send it back to you. Okay, but it's just, this thing started out as a letter. So what you have here, I learned this the hard way with the book of Galatians, is that you have to write this thing out. The book of Galatians has some world record run-on sentences. Okay, now I rejoice in them because I was really good at them. Why have a paragraph when I can have a Mangami sentence? Okay? So I like those things. To me, it's like, see, I was touched by God to write that 12-page sentence. Okay? (laughs) But there are times that you have to watch because uh, I've learned that the chapter breaks and the verses sometimes don't fit. Okay, one of those situations is right here in chapter 5. This word, therefore. Okay, when I see the word therefore, you know, what is therefore, therefore? Uh, I can immediately think of it, the first thing I think about therefore is reverse. Back up. Okay, What? You know, some uh, teachers will say, well, it's a summary, it's this, it's that, or the other. Well, I know that it backs up. And I know that when I see a therefore, then my brain shifts immediately to the paragraph in front and the paragraph after. Then I put all of that into the context of the entire book. All right? So... That, therefore, in chapter 5, backs you up to verse 31. All right? Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Okay, now stop right there. What he's saying in that verse 31 is the opposite of what he says in verse 1 of 5. He says, Walk in love, which means, therefore, you don't walk in bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander, and you put away from you along with all malice. Okay, so if you want to see love undefined, it's verse 31. This is what love does not look like. Okay? These words that I see in verse 31 show no love. Bitterness. Carrying a grudge. Anger. Whether the anger is inside or outside. Slander. Whether it's speaking in front of somebody or behind somebody. Malice. That's all meanness. Okay. But the opposite in chapter 5 is that he wants you to what? Walk in love. That would be verse 32. See what verse 32 says? Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Okay? So these are the characteristics of love. I want you to note there at the end of the verse, verse 32. What is that word? Has forgiven you. Because I know that most of the time when we think of love, we do not lay in that word forgiveness. Okay, because what was that movie? Love means you never have to say you're sorry. Oh what a bunch of pfft that was, okay didn't she die? <laughs> that worked out well. <laughs> See, he should have said sorry, okay a lack of forgiveness. I want you to think about this a lack of forgiveness. you know what one of the main things it produces bitterness. See what it says? I'm just going by what it says. Let all bitterness be gone. If you don't forgive, what do you have? Bitterness. And when I am producing bitterness, then I get a really big bucket full of wrath and anger. I don't even want to talk to them. Why? Cause. Okay. You know what they're telling me? I don't love them. All of these, if you look at that verse 31, all of those things that you see listed there are tied to a lack of forgiveness. Interesting concept, isn't it? You don't forgive because you don't love. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how small it is. Put away the anti-love stuff, Paul is saying those things that are characteristic of not loving. And the first on that list is forgiveness. But then if you look at verse 32, you see the characteristics of a loving heart. What does it say? Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also what? Forgiven you. So in our text... So we don't miss where this all comes from. Paul sticks that wonderful word there in verse 1. Therefore, to be kind, to be tender, forgiving. Why? So you can imitate God. Walk in love. If you go back to Galatians 5. Many of you know this. Verse 16 of 5 says what? Walk in the spirit, walk by the spirit. Okay? Why? You will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Okay. That makes sense though, right? For the flesh sets its desires against the spirit. And there ain't a person in this room who would say that's not true. Right? And the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. But if you are led by the spirit, verse 18, you are not under the law. Can okay, I want to show you something? Look what he says the deeds of the flesh are evident immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of angers, disputes, dissension, and factions. Don't those sound familiar? Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, envying, verse 21, drunkenness, carousing. Things like these, which I have warned, just as I have forewarned. Okay, you know what that means? I've repeated this I've repeated this that those who practice such things will not inherit okay but look what he says next in verse 22 fruit of the spirit is what's first love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control such things there are no law Walk in the Spirit, or you can be non-loving and walk in the flesh. Okay? Now then, I want, to, I want you to think about it, because if you go back to our text in Ephesians, remember the old self? Okay, verse 31, the old self, put that off, put on the new self, the new man, therefore, takes us right back. It's a simple thought. Again, the end of verse 32. He has forgiven you. All right? So, forgiveness is a central thought here. Okay? But you've got to understand what he's speaking of is love. And the central thought of love is what? What? Forgiveness. Let me try to put it to you this way: Have you ever measured your love? Take like five twenty-two of uh, Galatians and go through love, joy, peace, long suffering. I'll, you know, I'll measure it all up. You know, there's a lot of ways to measure your love. But it says here in verse 2 of chapter 5, Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. Now stop right there. You measure love, the depth of your love. There's two things I'm going to deal with one and the next one is next week. I want you to think about the depth of your love. Okay? Think about this for a second. You know, when you think about when you have your kids... There's a, a a new level of love there that is kind of kind of weird, okay. And it and and adds a depth. Then they grow up and you get over it, okay. But but there's that depth. Uh, if you have a spouse, if you have, it, it's usually when you look in your family unit, okay. Blood is thicker than whatever, okay. You love your family, even those ones you want to keep in the closet? I don't want you to meet this one. I used to have an Uncle Carl that was that way. And every time you seen him, look here, I got shot right there. Look out here, in my butt, I got stabbed. And I mean, you just sit there going, and you're related to me? Okay, so anyway. I believe emphatically as far as we are concerned, individuals, these people in these mortal bodies, one of the greatest measuring tools of our love is our life of forgiving. Now, I, I struggle with this at times because you guys didn't know me before salvation. And I remember how I used to be. I was uh, Ruthless. I remember, you guys, remember 8-Tracks? Eight 8-Track, eight some of you do. And they used to have these cases, and it would be about like this, and about like that, and it would be two across, and I don't know, and they'd weigh about 500 pounds. And I had a collection of music that was magnificent. And one day I went into this restaurant, and I came back out, and somebody had stole my tapes. Okay? Now, there's only about three people in the place at the time. I knew all of them. I knew who left, so I know who took my tapes. Okay? So about two months later, out at Clear Blue, I have no idea how this happened, but he came out to his car. All the windows were knocked out of it, All of his valve stems were cut. Okay. And that tape case of mine was sitting on his seat open and all the tapes were gone. I don't know how that happened. But that's how I was. Because I got even and everybody knew when I did it. Now, he seen me a month or so later... And didn't say boo to me. Maybe just act like nothing had ever happened. But that's how my nature was. I'm going to get even. One way or the other. Okay? That's how I know I am saved. All right? I want you to think about it for a second. The measure of the depth of your love... Think about how God presents his love. Think about this for a second. I call it the football verse. Everybody know what the football verse is? John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave us beautiful sunsets and beautiful blue oceans and stars into the heaven. God so loved the world. What did he do? For what reason? To forgive. To forgive. He paid the price for a bunch of dirty, rotten, vile sinners. He sent his son to forgive. Okay? Because if I forgive you, then in that forgiveness, we will have fellowship forever and ever. Amen. What's better than that? That's forgiveness. His love is so massive that he will have fellowship with you forever and ever. Love is the best measured in its ability to forgive. The Apostle Paul, it's God's ability to forgive. And he tells us that that is his love. That's what he's saying right here. Imitators of love, beloved of children, walk in love. Why? Therefore, he has forgiven you in verse 32. That is his love. Even, Paul told the Romans, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God made us alive together in Christ. That's some serious forgiveness. Even though we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Because of his great love, his mercy is based on his love, therefore what? His forgiveness is poured out on us. So, when I say I'm convinced of the greatest act of love is what? Forgiveness. You want to measure how deep is your love? How much forgiveness do you have? Okay, remember, He forgave you for your sins and trespasses when you were vile. Do we love do we love even after the greatest offense? Do we love after the single minor offense? God forgives the vilest of sinners. John, First John chapter 4. If you do not love, you are not of God. Okay. So, I can take this text... Okay, now remember, I'm gonna take five out of it. I'm reading it as a, the letter would write it. Okay. How do we know if we love or we don't love? Okay. How, how do I measure this love thing? Well, do you have any bitterness against someone? Do you have anybody that you're angry with? That smoldering, I don't let it out, I just tolerate you? Do I speak maliciously of people? Sometimes in front of them. Sometimes behind their back. All of these are characteristics of non-love. See, that's that's the old life that we are to off we must put on the new verse 32 be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving each other see that's love and he makes it uh, twice in verse 32 forgiving one another as you have been forgiven pretty straightforward we are to forgive as God now why don't you look at that thing again in 32 see one of the things that I I don't know about you guys when I study the scriptures it's one of the things that makes me sure that I know that the Bible is God breathed is because I'm always learning I mean, the same thing that I've looked at over and over and over and over and over again, and then all of a sudden, you learn again. And you're like, oh, geez, how did I I miss that thing? Okay, look what it says here. No matter what anyone does to me or to you, in the family of God or out, no matter the hurt, no matter the slander, no matter the accusation, no matter what it is, I don't care what the wound is. Look what it says there in verse 32. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Okay, now think what he just said. I want you to forgive just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And see, this is that thing that I learned. I was just like, oh, whoa. Hmm. Scratch your chin. See, that's it's getting white right there. It's just like, whoa. no matter what they do to you that individual did you know that in that text right there God has already paid the penalty of their sin against you now hear what I said the sin that they commit against you that penalty has already been paid in Christ hmm So what were you going to do with your pound of flesh? If it's already been paid for by Calvary? How many says, but I'll get even. And yet Christ has already suffered for what they did to you. Did you get that? No matter the pain that they inflict on you. Christ has already paid that penalty. So what more do you want? Well, Christ already paid the penalty, but I still want a pound of flesh. Hmm. What are you asking of God? Nail Him on the cross again? Jesus bore on His body sins you know who ours is even those people who would sin against you see if somebody sins against you our human flesh gets angry we get bitter and yet Jesus bore that sin against you already on his body penalties paid God so loved the elect not what it says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that we can be forgiven who is that only those who sin that narrows it down though if you think about it that does not guarantee their salvation only those who would believe in him is the salvation next time you want retaliation next time you want vengeance just remember that Jesus has already born that sin and it is paid for even if that sin is against you remember David in the 50's against you and you alone I have sinned now Bathsheba heavy with child may not agree with that Now, I know Uriah doesn't, but he says, against you and you alone I have sinned. So when they sin against you, who have they sinned against? Against God. And yet, the cross has paid the penalty for sin. You know what? We don't really have anything to add to the suffering of that sin, do we? I think about the years uh, as a pastor and the things that I have been called, the things that I have been accused of, and, you know, some of them are like, wow, I'm good. (laughs) But uh, all of these things come down the pike, and you know what? It's already paid for. I think about the people who have used me to cause division in the body of Christ, And that probably hurts me more than anything. But you know what? I'm not the first one. And I let God say, you know what? That penalty's paid. Now, whether they believe or not, it's not my job. I sow the seed. Okay, because you can't believe some of the things. uh, Some of you have been here a little longer. I know Stephanie Page kind of know some of the dynamics of being in the ministry and there's times you just walk out going whoa that was cool (laughs) so i mean i've been called a pharisee and an antichrist okay i've been accused of well you can't hug people and uh, where is that wait till i break out the holy kiss Brother, you think you've got problems now? <laughs> Watch this. But he what I'm trying to get at. It. But people do that to cause division. I know what it is. I've been around long enough. It has all been covered by Christ. It has been dealt with. Verse 32 says, Forgiving each other just as God in Christ forgave you. Even as God for Christ's sake forgives us, forgive each other. All right, so the measure of your love is its depth. How deep is your love? Is your ability to forgive? Okay, because sometimes we forgive, but it may take us a little while. Okay? And I like the ones who, <clears throat> I just want you to know I forgave you. Could you tell me for what? <laughs> okay? That's not forgiveness. That's not forgiveness. I've run into people who have hurt me deeply and when I see them. It's as if nothing ever happened. And I know for a fact that it kind of wigs them out. I don't confront them. I don't charge them. I don't accuse them. I used to shake their hands, but that's against the law now. Okay, but see what I'm trying to get at? Brothers and sisters, I told you how I operate. Don't take my tapes. Okay. Of course, now they're probably worth a fortune. Of course, I don't know where you'd play them, but they're worth a fortune. Okay. That's the way I used to be. I know how I was. I could tell you worse, but I'm not going to. Okay? And these are the things that I want you to think about because forgiveness is didn't happen. Didn't happen. I had somebody a few months ago come up and say they wanted to apologize to me. They're so sorry. They said, Well, I was judgmental, of this, that, and the other. And I was like, Of what? Well, I just want you to know I'm sorry. For what? Don't worry about it. And they left. Okay? We forgive each other. Why? Because we were forgiven. The measure of your love is the extent of your ability to forgive. If you really think about it and you stop and you just dwell on it a little bit, what a fantastic truth. Because when I think about God's forgiveness for me, you know what's really amazing about it? It's forever. And I think that just is, that's just one of them things you sort of, hmm, it's just forever. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. I'm writing you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you in His name' sake. Colossians chapter 2, He has forgiven all of your sins. Ephesians chapter 1, in whom you have redemption. What? The forgiveness of sin. Remember John, First John one. We are the ones confessing our sins. Why? We do it constantly. Why? Because we are cleansed constantly. One nine of John, First John. Okay, now remember what I said there in chapter five, verse one. Be imitators. He wants us to walk in that kind of love, with that depth. Of forgiveness. That depth of forgiveness means that I never hold on to bitterness. That depth of forgiveness means I never hold a grudge. That depth of forgiveness it means that anything and everything against it, me, so what? So what? Their sin against me has been nailed to the cross. Grab a hold of that for a second and let it mill around. Because I can stand in that without bearing a grudge, without having bitterness, without bringing it up, milling it over and all the rest of it, because I know that it has already been dealt with with Jesus Christ. And I know that the holy and blessed God placed all of that sin on His Son, it's kind of impressive if you think about it, it's actually kind of overwhelming really, so this text, I want you to think there's two parts to it, we're just doing one part, the depth of your love, how deep is your love, okay, how much forgiveness do you have, Proverbs chapter 10 verse 12, Love covers all sin. Okay? You know what that is? Total forgiveness. First Peter puts it this way. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Above all. Okay, now if Peter tells me above all, you know what he's trying to say? Hey, I'm talking to you. Above all. Keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sin. First and foremost, you know what you must do? Keep fervent in your love. How big is your multitude of sin? That word fervent there has to do with stretching out a muscle till you hurt it. Fatiguing a muscle. Work on your love to the point that it is painful. Sometimes that's easier than others. How big is our love? See, the Lord knows that love has to deal with sin. God so loved the world, he had to deal with sin. Okay? Okay. And love does it by covering it. You know what that means? It's not seen. It's not seen. Put it out of sight. Peter says, be fervent in it. Be fervent in it. So the first part that we're looking at here in the plea is the depth of our love. The depth of our love Is revealed by how much we forgive. The ability of our forgiveness reveals the depth of our love. Okay? Well, but what about them people who, what about them? Let me ask you a question. When he forgave you at sin, of your sin at the beginning of your salvation, that moment that you realized that you were a child of God, did you sin after that? That's... Remember when He said, you forgive seven times 70 and Peter was trying to get his abacus out and I said, there's 400 it was. Now, there's some of us who do that. But I can't count that high, so I just go ahead and forgive. All right. So the depth of my love our love is based on our ability to forgive. Next week we'll look at the second part, how much you know you have been forgiven. Be careful before you answer. How much do you know you have been forgiven? because that's the depth of God's love. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, the author and the finisher. Thank you, my king. Thank you that you have forgiven and you continue to forgive and you will continue to forgive until that day our faith becomes sight. Father, may our love grow exponentially to the forgiveness you've shown us. And may we, as Paul has told us and instructed in a command to be imitators of God, but father, in being imitators of God, we walk in love and in holy forgiveness. Thank you, my Lord. We praise you and we thank you, Christ, precious name. Amen.